you've heard from the players, the coaches, and the pundits. Now it's your turn to react to yesterday's Packers game. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open at 855-616-1620. This is the Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Scafidi and Brian D. Stafford looks it over. And here's the snap. Stafford, tight pocket. Hit as he throws left side. It's yes! intercepted. Down yes! the right sidelines. Douglas to the house. High stepping. Touchdown. Green Bay. And a third quarter dagger. It's 36 to 17. Wayne Larravee on Monday Morning Quarterback. Brian D. rolling out the dagger third quarter. Yeah, so I asked Wayne when he joined us on Wisconsin's Morning News earlier this morning the earliest dagger that he could recall in his career. And he said in Wade Phillips' final game as Dallas Cowboys head coach, he called a second quarter dagger in a blowout for the wow. I'm surprised you didn't do one in the uh, the Bears. It was a Monday night game a few years. It was like 42 to nothing at halftime. I think they won like 55 yeah. and- 14 or something ridiculous. I remember the game fondly, but uh, yeah, apparently that was the earliest he could remember. All right, so, uh, and, and welcome to Carol Kane as well. She joins us as as usual on Monday Morning Court. Before you jump in there, uh huh. Um, this was a game that a lot of the experts were looking at to see, one, gauge how well the Packers would recover from their loss to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and two, against one of the best in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They say the Los Angeles Rams, who now have lost, correct me if I'm wrong, three straights. Yep. And not in good fashion. Yeah. What yeah. do you make of the game? Uh, it, it was a, a heavyweight clash in a lot of ways. I mean, this was a really good football game at halftime, 20-17, to 17, and it looked like these two offenses were mirroring each other. Like, they were scoring on the same little option route to their running backs in the red zone. They're very similar football teams. Uh, I do think it's worth bringing up that the Rams are dealing with some injury issues, too. They're down one of their top wide receivers in Robert Woods, so uh, it takes nothing away from what the Packers accomplished. It was a dominant performance in the third quarter and into the fourth yesterday for the Packers. They deserved in every way to win, and uh, it, it was billed as a clash of titans in the NFC. It turned out to be that, and the Packers uh, we're the stronger team, and they deserve to win yesterday. It was a great game. I agree with you. And let me just make this statement quickly. I'm so mad that Minnesota has now defeated us, not only NFL, but also just raked over the Badgers. It's just like, God darn it. Yeah, tough weekend for sure. Uh, and the Badgers game was ugly down the stretch. Nothing yeah. is, uh, as Gene put it, nothing's more nauseating than seeing them celebrate playing jump around in their stadium with Paul Bunyan's axe. Oh, well, it didn't what stop me do? yesterday from some uh, sending out thoughts and prayers to the state of Minnesota mm-hmm. for the, uh, the loss that they suffered at the hands of the 49ers yesterday. Did you see what Kirk Cousins did? as well there was a play down oh, by his own goodness. goal line where he he lined up to take the snap except he wasn't under his center he was under wrong his, guy his right guard's butt so right. he lined up under the wrong that's guy. hilarious yeah there was no football under that's there. hilarious you would think the guy that he was behind would turn around and look at him and go dude you're behind the wrong bu- the, the wrong butt there's okay? a great picture out there of him behind the right guard and then the the running backs back there and there's the guy next to him the center just sitting there with the ball it's where the like heck classic. are you man we're trying to run a play here i i can't recall that happen i've seen it happen sort of where they they go up and then they realize pretty quickly yeah but he was like ready to go oh yeah yeah i uh, not not a good look for kirk cousins and did, he, did he talk look. about it at all oh yeah he just said after the game yeah i'm an idiot i had a brain fart lined up under the wrong guy mm. so, you know i watching that game yesterday um and there's one and brian you and steve too you can help me with exactly where it was because the play to me was so extraordinary i don't even know when it happened it was aaron Rodgers rolling back 
the coverage was unbelievable. And the way he, threading the needle is an understatement. Yep. And how he got it to his receiver, I don't no. So I believe this was in the second quarter. Let me see if I can find the highlight quickly because it was that good. He threaded the needle, Carol, to a pass to Randall Cobb. And Cobb kind of scampered through the coverage. I think this was it right here. Snap to Rodgers looking. Swings it left side. Cobb. Nobody left sideline. 20, 25. He's to the 30. Slips the defender. 35. Out to the 37-yard line. Right down the left sidelines in front of Sean McVay on the Rams side of the field. Troy Reader finally got him down. They mark it in the 38, 27-yard pass play. That actually wasn't it. It was a 54-yard catch that yeah. you're referring to. I got the wrong highlight, but you're right. I mean, he threaded this thing right over the outreached hand of a linebacker, but just perfectly in front of a cornerback. You don't see those precision-type throws from... Uh, 28 or 29 quarterbacks in the league, there are two or three that can make And you that know, kind of you throw. can tell by looking at him, he knows he's going to make it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's just no, he's, you can call him cocky and ha- he's got tons of bravado, but when you do stuff like this, you totally proven it. Well, that, that throws difficult to make, nearly impossible to make in a dome with perfect health with a great wide receiver, right? And in this situation, it was windy at Lambeau yesterday from what I understand. I wasn't there, but swirling winds down in that place. Aaron Rodgers has a broken left toe. Uh, It's cold outside, and he's not throwing that to Devontae Adams. Now, he's got great chemistry with Randall Cobb. We know that, but all of those factors would conspire in a way to say that's impossible. Oh, that's and unbelievable. He makes the impossible possible. On a night they celebrated the the, the great career of uh, Woodson with the the you know putting his name on the Ring of Honor there and then giving him his Hall of Fame ring. It is incredible. Again, and I, you know, I'm a fanboy beyond fanboys of Aaron Rodgers to see the level of quarterback play he. Mm-hmm. He throws out there every Sunday. It is amazing. And, and to Carol's point, he's dropping passes, getting passes. You saw it a couple times. Donald had his hands up on one play, and, and the ball was right through his hands. Right through. Right to the receiver. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing out there. And he's doing it at age 37, right? Uh, it, it, he's still able to play at this caliber this late in his career, and that's the reason the Packers wanted him back so dearly, despite the uh, the uh, back and forth of the offseason. That's the reason he was in such high demand when it looked like the Packers might let him go. The other big thing that I took away from this game was that LaFleur's led Packers have never lost. Did I get this right? Back to back games? That's correct, still. In three in, years, in as a rookie years. coach, you know, three now in his third season, that's pretty remarkable. It speaks not only to LaFleur, but to his entire coaching staff's ability to rebound from losses and get back and look at the film and say, what did we do wrong? How can we improve? Let's get back on track. Let's remotivate and let's move forward. So huge credit to the head coach and to his entire staff over the course of three years of just refocusing guys and getting the team back on track after losses. All right, after the break, I want to talk about the, the role of the general manager. It's playing a very big role in this this season's success. We don't like giving Goody credit, but mm. some is coming in just a couple of minutes. I think Brian said it very very well there. All right, you're listening to Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored, of course, by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming with Wisconsin Dells. Second down and goal to go from the five of Los Angeles. Devontae in motion to the left side. Rodgers in the shotgun, Dillon to his left. Snap to A-Rod in the pocket, dumps it over the middle. He's got Dillon, breaks the tackle to the end zone. Touchdown! Troy Reader could not bring down A.J. Dillon. And the Packers extend the lead to 26-17. That was Wayne Larravee on the call yesterday. Packers beating up on the Rams. Score was a little closer than it actually was because uh, you know with the early dagger in the third quarter uh-huh. they they put it to the Rams yesterday they didn't didn't take any or hold anything back 
Got to mention the work of the general manager, Brian Gutekunst. There are, there are about four or five players that we know of that are playing on this team, filling those holes that were a necessity because of the injuries this team has faced this year. Brian Gutekunst got so much crap, some of it warranted during the offseason for the way the Aaron Rodgers situation was handled, right? Uh, and he was, uh, to a lot of Packer fans, public enemy number one in a lot of ways for uh, this eroding relationship with his quarterback. Some of it stemming from trading up to draft Jordan Love. He took A.J. Dillon. Why did we need a running back? We had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. What are you wasting a second-round pick on a running back for? Yada, 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 yada. Flying under the radar, he was able to salvage the relationship with the quarterback, at least until this point, to the to the point where he came back and they're 9-3, and three, and Rodgers seems relatively happy with mm-hmm. the way things are going. A.J. Dillon's a damn beast out there and is necessary and has turned into a beloved figure in our state, embracing Door County and the A.C. Tap Chicken Wings. Mayor of, uh, of Door County, yeah, if there like could the, be such a thing. He's the best asset up there, along with cranberries and fish boils and <laughs> all sorts of good stuff. Uh, so he's been a monster. And then, uh, most importantly, the depth he has built on this roster to be able to continue to win football games with all of the injuries they've suffered is ridiculous. Rasul Douglas picked up off the Cardinals practice squad in the middle of the season after Jair Alexander goes down. He gets the pick six yesterday, gets the game-sealing interception against the Cardinals. He's been terrific. How about Yash Nyman? Undrafted dude, comes in, doesn't miss a blink because Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are out. Devondre Campbell picked up off the street in the offseason, is the heart and soul of this Joe Barry defense. Chris Barnes, undrafted in 2020, uh, leads the Packers and tackles yesterday, recovers a fumble. Like The depth that Goody has built on this roster is the strength of the roster, and it's the reason the Packers wake up 9-3 and three this you, morning. You mentioned the offensive line. Patched together all season long, obviously missing Bakhtiari, and, and we still don't know. We're hoping after the bye, but he had some cleanup on his knee that uh, he had the torn ACL. The, the job that they have done to protect Aaron Rodgers for the most part, yesterday they had one throwaway sack when he was trying to run. Mm-hmm. That was it against arguably one of the best defensive lines in football. That's the key right there. They're not playing the Texans. This is Aaron Donald, for my money, the best defensive player in football. And, you know, there are some goody draft picks along that line, too. It's not just Yash Nyman undrafted. Uh, John Runyon's in there, right? I mean, they've done a good job developing Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner. Like, Goody deserves so much more credit than he receives for building this roster to a championship place. And uh, I get that, you know, he, he's made some mistakes. And I think he would admit publicly he's made some mistakes in the way that he handled the Jordan Love selection, not communicating with Aaron Rodgers, that kind of thing. But... Credit needs to be given where credit is due. This is a deep championship-level roster that he's built over the course of three or four years here. Let me ask you, because you just went through that list of kind of ragtag group of folks that he's kind of put together. Mm -hmm. Is there something about coming to Green Bay, even though it's the smallest city, is there something about coming to Lambeau, the mystique of it, that makes people rise to the occasion, do you think? I don't think it's Green Bay as much as it is coming to a place where you feel like you belong. Because oh, okay. all of these people that we just mentioned got cast off or were told they were not good enough by other organizations in football, right? Rasul Douglas is a great example. He was with the Cardinals. You're on the practice squad. You're not good enough to start on a team that's leading the NFC right now. You're going to sit down there. 
he he probably felt disrespected by that. He probably felt in practices, look, I can play with these guys, and he's proving it in Green Bay because they've given him a chance to do so. Some of these undrafted uh, players got looked over not once, but seven times by every team, including the Green Bay Packers. Like Each team gets seven rounds in the NFL draft to select a guy. These undrafted guys got looked over seven times by every organization in football. Now the Packers are giving them a chance to succeed and they feel like they belong in this place where it's like, I got overlooked, I'm going to stick it to 31 other organizations. I totally get what they felt like, because I was picked last every single time <laughs> for everything. You're equating Nobody, yourself with, with the... Uh, well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was the anchor of the tug-of-war team. Come on, it doesn't get any lower than that. But to, to, to that point, like I, I think there is something to that sense of belonging, that it's not just one guy. There's a group of these guys that feel as though, look, we can be this island of misfit toys, so to speak, in Green Bay and be successful and stick it to everybody else. Well, I don't know if it was the local guys, uh, Aikman and Buck, that were covering the game or the, uh, the the team on Fox afterwards, but they, somebody asked a question: When they're all, when they're healthy, mm-hmm. this this team may have not even had played its best football yet, and yes. they're nine and three. Yeah, Troy Aikman said that uh, as they were kneeling out the clock yesterday. It's absolutely correct. Uh, now, we don't know if they're going to get to 100%. We don't know what Jair Alexander's availability is going to be down the stretch, or Zadarius Smith, or David Bakhtiari. Even if they get back on the field, are they going to be 100% after missing so much time? Probably not, but it helps to have them out there, too. So I, I totally agree. I do not think we've seen this team peak yet, and that is very exciting. He is Brian D. Carroll Kane and Steve on this Monday morning. Victory Monday here on WTMJ. Monday morning quarterback course sponsored by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin. Dell's got a few questions. We'll get to those after the break. In motion, Devontae to the left. Rodgers in the shotgun. Dylan to his right. Give Dylan and why not? Victor Dylan rolling right. Rodgers to the end zone. Touchdown. Bad foot and all. Aaron Rodgers with a beautiful play fake. Monday morning quarterback sponsored by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin. Dells, Steve, and Brian, and Carol. Let's bring in Tim calling from Oshkosh. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's your What's question? Up, hey, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, the, the offensive line um, and one of the reasons why it's been so successful in the last you know couple of years. You got... Um, Bakhtiari, you know, obviously not playing this year, but do you guys think that his impact off the field and coaching these guys um, and basically teaching them everything he knows has uh, put a, you know, helped them out? Because he, uh, you know, he's been the top top guy in the league for a number of years now. Interesting question, Great Tim. Question. Bakhtiari is coach. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, yes. Uh, I remember standing on the sideline way back in training camp when Greg Matzik and I were splitting coverage, it feels like years ago, uh, but over the summertime, and Bakhtiari was still far removed from making his return to the field, and he's getting closer and closer, but I remember seeing him not just coaching like laying into young offensive linemen saying, you need to do this better. This is not good enough. He was coaching up during training camp. So I think if that's happening in public, in front of media and thousands of fans at training camp, you better believe it's happening behind closed doors too. He has undoubtedly had a great effect. Well, he is generally considered when healthy, one of the best, if not the best left tackle in football. So that wisdom, that experience, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't a first round draft pick. No. So he was, he was down a ways. So, I mean, to have that level of experience, knowledge, 
and you know just the ability to understand the position and the line, I think it's helpful to the rest of the guys. One hundred percent. He was a fourth round pick. By yeah, the so nothing spectacular. So, and, and I think there's something to that of looking around at these other guys and going, "I've been in your position. Like you can be this good if you work hard at it and attain this knowledge." And he's been able to pass it along. He's been huge. Good time for a bye week, huh? Definitely, for Aaron Rodgers in particular. So uh, rumors are swirling this morning, and Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported this morning that surgery is very much on the table to potentially repair this toe injury. We don't know if that's going to happen. Rodgers is going to have more tests today. He's not expected to miss any time, but having the bye week here gives him the opportunity to potentially have a surgery, a minor one, sometime this week and still have time to recover before the Sunday night game against the Bears. Yeah, that's their next game, Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. Their schedule, I mean, they've got the Ravens, I think, left on their on their their lineup uh, for, what, five games, six games left? Yes, yeah, so uh, they've got the Ravens and the Browns in terms of AFC opponents left, and then they've got the another pass for the division, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. It's important to win, obviously, all the games, but particularly particularly the NFC games, because if you get into a tiebreaker situation, not with the Cardinals, the Cardinals, you already have the head-to-head, but with the Buccaneers, it's going to come down to conference record. So it's really important the Packers win these NFC games down the stretch, in addition to obviously beating the uh, the Browns and the Ravens, because you've still got an opportunity at that number one overall well, seed. Well, they were 4-0 and against the, the NFC West, and they are, I think, undefeated in their own, while well, they lost to the Vikings. So one loss there. It helps. Real quick, uh, before we go to break, um, time for a new kicker, somebody asked me. No, come on. He's I, missed and, nine kicks. No, They're not going to, like... I understand where the frustration is stemming from. They're not going to cut Mason Crosby. It's just not going to happen. Like, I understand why people are frustrated because it's been a huge issue. It's not going to happen. I don't have a lot of confidence in the field goal group right now. I don't think anybody should, but just throw the idea out the window. It's not going to happen. One job, one job. <laughs> right. Thank you, Brian D. <laughs> Carol Kane back with Carol after the news, which is next right here on WTMJ.